0: I remember being your age, hormones running wild, and you should know these feelings you're having for your classmates. They are totally disgusting and you should be ashamed of yourselves.
1: In 1983, a working class welder at a steel mill rose above the expectations placed on her and gained entrance to the Pittsburgh Conservatory of Dance and Music by blending classical dance with the breakdancing flair of her streets. In 1984, (laughs) Kevin Bacon used the power of rock and roll to teach a small Midwest town that dancing is not a crime. In 1987, Patrick Swayze said, nobody puts baby in a corner and challenged class constructs through dance at a sleepy resort in the Catskills. And in 1988. Mr. Puerto Rico Rico used the power of salsa to accomplish none of these things. On the contrary, he spends the majority of the movie literally putting baby in the corner, but we'll get to that. (laughs) Our hero Rico only likes two things, Rico and salsa. He spends his hot Los Angeles summer nights dancing at the La Luna Club with his on-again, off-again girlfriend Vicky and making a name for himself with his charisma and passion for the salsa dance form. He spends his days earning a living at a repair shop, taking over literal patriarchal duties for his family who lost their father, and trying to sleep with his little sister's friend. Rico's just trying to live one day at a time and have fun doing it until he's presented with an opportunity. In one week's time at the La Luna Club, anyone who can clear the floor wins a trip to the Grand Salsa Competition in san juan puerto rico rico has always dreamed of going to puerto rico ever since he was a little kid and his dad would say rico i'm gonna take you to puerto rico and then he died (laughs) the stakes have literally never been lower rico will have to put everything on the line including sacrificing his partnership with vicky in order to team up with the owner of the club luna who promises she can take rico to victory if he's her ticket to dancing again Who is judging the contest, if not the owner of the club? Well, that's not very clear. He'll also be distracted by his little sister's blooming sexuality and her newfound romance with Rico's best friend, Ken, testing everything Rico knows about the concept of the familia. How can one free spirit dance with all these distractions? Writer-director Boaz Davidson intends to take us on that admittedly not very long journey. So today on Video High, join us for a movie that somehow conned musical legends such as Wilkins, Celia Cruz, and Tito Freakin' Puente to appear in it. Join us for a movie choreographed by the future Mr. High School Musical, Newsies Hocus Pocus himself, Kenny Ortega. And if you're me, join us for a movie that's the worst Band-Aid on my soul now that the In the Heights movie musical has been delayed for another year. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, this is Salsa.
2: Mucho money! It's the event of the year, and I'm going to be crowned the king of salsa.
3: We are family, bro.
0: Yeah. Salsa, the motion picture is hot.
2: I would describe that book report as Mucho Money.
4: It truly <laughs> Thank was you. Mucho Money. Thank yeah.
1: you. I am very proud of it.
4: <laughs> it had such a music to it that I found myself moving. I found my body moving. I found myself uh, dry humping a car in a mechanic shop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, before we get started, let's do a quick roll call. Casey Regan.
4: Hi, present. Oh, my God.
1: Greg Hansen.
2: Yes, I am here and excited.
1: And my, the familia, Josh Roth. Aw, family. And I'm Jamie Kennedy. Mucho money. Mucho <laughs> money! Mucho money!
4: Mucho money. This is a tough movie for me to watch because of how closely it mirrored my life growing
1: up. <laughs> <laughs> Do tell. Hey, see, we're here for you.
4: Yeah, it's just that so much of my life, because of my uh, wild, passioned blood, was about clearing the dance floor. It was about proving something to myself. and was about keeping my hair both constantly wet and bouncy. Oh, that was... the hair in this movie.
2: This movie is so good.
0: Yes. There's so much to so talk good. about. <laughs> it opens with Rico humping a car. Am I remembering that correctly, or did I hallucinate?
2: (laughs) Yeah. The first shot is of a car bumper, which I think sets the tone for the movie because this movie is all about bumper, baby. (laughs) Yeah. No, and it also, this movie's going to rev your engine.
1: Ooh.
4: In L.A. fashion, it's bumper-to-bumper traffic.
0: Oh,
1: wow.
4: (laughs) Come on.
0: Josh,
1: (laughs) no! It was Grease Lightning meets the factory dance from Footloose. It was free... But it was choreographed.
2: The machine gun cuts
1: oh. right
2: out the gate immediately, just like, bu, 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 like. Gur, gur, this guring, movie like, should come with an epilepsy warning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they do use that a number of a times.
4: It comes back. The first scene, they're dancing in the mechanic shop. The boss does stop him, and I think I got a little sad how. Uh, like, on the boss's side. <laughs> this, is, this is what growing up feels like, yeah. is when the boss comes in and is like, I've hired you to be a mechanic, not to dance. I'm like, yeah, he did.
1: Like, we got <laughs> yeah. customers. And like... this is the right. only
0: time we ever see him in the mechanic shop, yes. right? but like, he
1: works hard for the money.
0: He works hard to support his family this one time. This one time. <laughs> and then never again in the film.
1: I love how, like into it the boss is for half of the song and then immediately is like what are you all doing get back to work get back to work he participates
0: in
4: the song
1: and
0: then berates them
1: for
4: dancing that's because there was like a manager of a speedboat dealership on the other side of the counter like waiting for his buick to get fixed (laughs) just watching these kids sexually assault his vehicle
2: (laughs) am i the only one who thought that they were setting up the boss to be the villain. Yes. Be- oh, what, because not at all. You were. He's totally... such a dick. Like he's got the good like villain mustache. Rico's like, I'm gonna be crowned the king of salsa, and the guy's like, You're gonna be crowned the king of bullshit. And I was... <laughs> Get your mind on your work, Rico, or you're gonna dance your way right out of here. And I was like, Whoa. <laughs> Whoa!
4: He was really mad. That was like the one. The hyper-realistic emotion in this movie. Yeah.
1: And really the only foil. Like, there are no real foils in this movie except for ego sexuality, I guess. <laughs> it, it,
2: it is a movie without a, a true villain, which is kind of interesting. And and I thought, honestly, in that moment that he was going to be our villain. And then he never shows up again. They yeah. set him up. But
1: like, then they do they, it again with Lola in like the next couple of scenes. You're like, oh, she's gonna mess everything up. And arguably she does, but then she disappears completely.
0: <laughs> Every character vanishes from this movie yeah. in succession.
4: Yeah. Okay, so I have I've I've got some real serious theories about what's going on (laughs) in this movie um i don't know (laughs) i suspect that rico's actually dead (laughs) i do think that this is a movie about a person who has died with an uncompleted hero's journey and it's like he goes through a sort of dante Alighieri esque journey through. Oh, that
0: really enhances the movie for an me. An
4: afterlife constructed for Rico where everyone loves him for some reason. Like, the entire town is <laughs> dedicated towards the happiness of Rico. Everyone... They love Rico
0: almost as much as Rico
4: loves Rico. Mm-hmm. And we're given no reason to like him. Oh, he's a hottie. Yeah, he's a hottie. You gotta love a hottie. Rico, to sort of paint a picture with our words, is played by a one Mr. Draco Robbie Rosa. Now Draco Robbie Rosa, right before starring in this movie, was the first and only American-born member of Latin pop supergroup Minuda.
1: Oh, I did not read that part. Oh, oh my god. Wow. This is so every person in this movie is amazing.
4: So he was like a superstar at this time. He was, you know, Ricky Martin was the Justin Timberlake. Yeah. But Imagine, like, J.C. Chazé breaking off and, like, making a movie about everyone wanting to fuck him, (laughs) and now that's all I can imagine? I want that movie so bad?
1: Context is key, yeah.
4: (laughs) Rico is, like, a very, very sexy guy, who also, by the way, uh, Draco Robbie Rosa, born in 1970, this movie came out in 1988, so, like, he's... 18 or less yeah. when this movie is being made. Which, so,
2: which I will point out the woman who plays his sister is 24 in the movie. <laughs>
1: and it shows. Yeah. <laughs> wow!
2: In the first nightclub
4: scene we get in the movie, Rico's there dancing. His sister Rita and her friend Lola come in. Rita hesitates. She says, I don't know if I should go in here.
3: Come on, girl we should be here besides we you have to be 18 to get in leave that to me you look 18 i don't know grow up i don't believe you don't you know how to have fun
4: which in the 80s was enough <laughs> in the 80s that was that was essentially law if you go by 80s movies but then he was actually a child like in in the actual reality we are being sold this idea of like look at this sexy fucking kid.
1: <laughs> yeah, more moisture on this guy. More moisture. Yeah. More moisture. Fucking bring out the spritzers. <laughs> well,
2: he started as a boy Udo and ended as a man Udo. <laughs> oh! Shut up, Greg. <laughs> oh. I'm glad I make somebody laugh.
4: <laughs> yeah, so there, Robbie Rosa is like an international superstar. I love that. And also a boy. And also hot. And all of these <laughs> things are troublesome to list Oh, <laughs> <laughs> because I spent a lot of this movie enjoying it and horny but also <laughs> most of my notes are just wondering like why does everyone love this guy
1: everyone loves Rico and we get no and he's not a good person they don't
4: show us a reason to like him there's
2: that
1: boy Rico I was telling you about talk about charisma leave
2: him alone Anyone jump on the stage? Just anyone. Sit
1: down. Well, I know why some people like him. They want to sleep with him. Right. Lola likes him because she wants to sleep with him. Luna likes him because she wants to sleep with him and she wants to dance in the spotlight again. Vicky likes him because she wants to sleep with him. Otherwise, why the hell does she keep coming back to this asshole? Ken
0: likes him because he wants, he wants to, to sleep, sleep with, with him. him. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. His
1: mom likes him because she wants to sleep with him. It, that's it. That's it. That's, that's the whole plot of the movie.
4: Yeah. Uh, wait, sorry. <laughs> my, I wanted to just do this regular, but my brain is only in a Rico is actually dead. <laughs> do you guys want to go with me on this Rico's actually dead? <laughs> yes. yes. 100% because it makes total sense. This is why it's coming out of Rico's brain or being fed through Rico's brain. A person like him would assume that everyone in the world they may have other side issues. Their biggest issue is they want to sleep with you. Yes. And the worst betrayed you can ever feel is when someone close to you wants to sleep
2: with someone else. And you know what? I feel like it's appropriate because this movie has the sexuality of a 16-year-old. <laughs> it's all over the shirt groping. <laughs> this...
1: Dry humping Everywhere. Seriously,
4: and every one and everything yes. rico's hero's journey is to rub the front of his body on every living <laughs> and inanimate object they revolve around
0: the rico i feel like as soon as we're not seeing them they don't exist
1: no it's true yeah. they don't they literally disappear his supervisor and lola the being the key examples like once they are no longer relevant to rico They're gone.
4: So we open on that scene in the garage. We all remember it. It's, I think I'll remember it for the rest of my days. Rico and all of his friends and fellow mechanics are just like losing themselves to the music in the middle of a workday. And there's a moment where, again, one of those quick like machine gun cuts between a match cut shot, wide shot of the auto body shop, and it cuts between Rico dancing by himself in this sort of ethereal light. And same frame, but in place of Rico is everyone else in the mechanic shop. And I think what Boaz is trying to tell us is all of these people exist in Rico's head. (laughs)
1: Well, it is mirrored later when he does the billboard dance to Puerto Rico. The flash cuts are used to utilize basically Rico's fantasy space. It's basically a way to travel into his mind and what he's thinking, what he's dreaming about in that moment.
4: Yes. And what I'm saying is what he's dreaming about is everyone. His fantasy is this entire movie. Now, I don't know if it's some sort of afterlife that was created for Rico, a simulation to keep Rico's sexiness trapped (laughs) in a machine so that he can't sexually assault the rest of us, or if he is sort of experiencing some sort of like DMT release in the final moments. Oh.
2: So this is yes. Jacob's Ladder. I like, know. I was
1: <laughs> just going to say if we use the phrase Jacob's Ladder, how did this get made? will sue us for copyright infringement of bits. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, no. Zooks. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh,
4: but, it, like, unfortunately, it just fits so perfectly here. I don't know what to. What should we call it instead? <laughs> Rico's Ladder? Rico's Ladder. Yeah, this, this is. is a
1: real Rico's Ladder situation. <laughs> <efficient. laughs>
4: the linchpin of my theory. Is that Puerto Rico equals ethereal heavenly salvation?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what he is going he's for. He's in some is sort that. of Los Angeles limbo.
4: I mean, frankly, LA is a kind
0: of. It is
1: truly a limbo. Yeah.
4: Yes, exactly. He's in <laughs> LA limbo, which is another type of dance. I haven't developed this part of the theory, but they they connect. Dance.
1: How low will you go?
4: <laughs> Maybe he was also in whatever killed. Did they say what killed his
1: father? They never did.
4: Nor do they show a picture of him.
1: Is Rico a manifestation of his father's intentions on Earth? Like, we know that his father wanted to go to Puerto Rico. Maybe that's what this journey is. Uh,
4: Jamie, can I answer your question with a douchey question? Yes. Aren't we all projections of our (laughs)
2: father's intentions on Earth? (laughs) Think about it. So, I have a theory and it t- and it ties in. Can-, can we talk about the the interior of the club? Yes, please. Be- yes. Because that please. is honestly my aesthetic. The like sort of random neon chain link fence and dentist office like clear blocky things. It's the perfect club. There's just enough people in it for it to be busy, but there's never a line to get your Pepsi at the bar. <laughs> And there are 50s, like, early 60s Chevys hoisted above people with their uh, headlights being used to illuminate the dance floor. It's amazing.
0: I love that there is a car that is parked on a, like, piece of highway, elevated above the dance floor, in front of a sign that just reads Freeway.
2: Freeway. Oh,
1: yeah. (laughs) No, but this is the freeway of life. That's what you're getting Oh on La Luna.
2: Or the highway to hell.
0: Oh my God, he died in a car accident on the highway. Absolutely. He drove
4: off of the highway.
2: That's what I was going to say.
4: You are so right. He absolutely died or is dying over the course of this movie in a car accident. Maybe. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. So it's not a Jacob's Ladder. Here's what it was. All right. Rico, even on the outside world, was a sexy person. <laughs> Maybe this is what happens to members of Minuto. <laughs> so once... When they reach their peak sexuality, they are deemed a threat to the world. A, a means of taking them out of the world equation becomes necessary to the controlling body of the Minuto syndicate. And he is killed... The same people... They hired the same people who would killed Princess Diana. To organize a car accident. (laughs) To organize a car accident in which his father died. This is the moments of his brain extending
0: time as his car careens off the side of freeway. And his brain is compensating for erasing the car accident out of existence.
1: Is the car... When it drove off an overpass or something, is it careening into that billboard for TWA? Yeah,
4: absolutely. And that's what he's. Okay. What's great is his his father always said they'd go back to Puerto Rico, and in his final (laughs) moments, he's seeing Puerto Rico come at him at deadly speed. The problem is we can't know whether Rico has been killed or put into this catatonic state either by accident or by foul play. We'll never know. But what we can know for sure is he's definitely dead throughout this whole movie.
0: One hundred percent. The There's end. No question. Final thoughts.
4: <laughs> and, I,
2: and I will say that I did do some research and Menudo was actually part of the La Casa Nostra uh, family of it's a moff, it's yeah, that's we'll cut that. <laughs> <laughs> No, we won't!
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's, tough. it's tough to know now.
2: I <laughs> saw how you were looking at him. No,
3: Ken is just like a brother to me.
1: Well, he's not your brother, and he doesn't look at you like a brother, that's for sure. He doesn't? Does Rico have a girlfriend?
3: Yes, yeah, sort of. Vicky. Wait a minute. I hope you don't have any plans. Rico's too old for you. Are you kidding?
1: I've had older than him before. God, you're so crazy.
0: We just skip to school, (laughs) and Lola and Rita are talking about boys in the, the locker room, and that's when we get the wonderful line.
3: Yeah, I know my brother, and Rico only likes two things, Rico and Sansa.
0: And then we cut to Rico, who's talking about how he also has the hots for Lola, And then (laughs) Ken says, she's just a baby, man. And Rico has the wonderful line, and
4: I'm a babysitter. (laughs) God, that should be read in depositions. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Then we get the wonderful scene where Ken shows Lola the belt that he got Rico for his birthday, and they have some sexy talk about present wrapping.
4: We also, in that scene, we really start to get to know Ken, who is Rico's best friend, and, like, Toadie. His job seems to be uh, worshipping the ground that Rico stands on, and facilitating situations where Rico can take advantage of women in yep. <laughs> side rooms. <laughs> like, this guy straight-up Renfields for... <laughs>
2: Rico. Yeah.
1: But he's also part of the familia. Like when no one else would take Ken in, their family took Ken in. So he's like a brother to to Rico. Well,
2: not 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 a brother, more like a bro. I guess yes. you're right. Yes, fair,
1: <laughs> fair.
2: <laughs> it was the eyebrows. They were so Ooh. comically dark like uh a- does
0: have very very distracting eyebrows.
2: Like like a yeah. German expressionist movie, like they just set him up. Like he, he's just like, okay, I'll go help your sister get the iced tea. <laughs>
4: it's very Redfield. I was convinced that eventually in the movie he'd sniff some of Rico's clothes, like he's. <laughs>
1: Well, it's a very uh, Laurie and Little Women situation, I feel like. I'm not not convinced that the reason Ken is attracted to Rita as much as he is is because she's kind of this surrogate for his relationship with Rico. He knows he can't be with Rico, but if he's with Rita, that's basically the same thing. And I don't know if he's totally conscious of that, but there's definitely subtext.
4: How is this not just a movie entirely in the subconscious of Rico? Like, the fact that it's Rita and Rico... Anyone who names their kids Rita and Rico should be in prison. That would that's just like an insane thing to do to your children. The fact that he is so protective of the virtue of his little sister to the point of physical abuse. Rita is the manifestation of his I don't know, like inner feminine of like the the connection to uh one half of humanity within himself that he disregards so that he can do everything in his life and like his <laughs> Like so, of course, Ken wants to be with Rita because he wants to be with Rico because in Rico's mind, everyone wants to be with Rico. I'm I'm going mad. I'm just, <laughs> I just can hear it in my own voice. To be
2: fair, he then also wants Ken.
4: Yeah. Yep. Oh, totally. Fully. Ken walks into that scene and he says, "I bought something for Rico. It's a belt. Do you think he'll flagellate me with it?" <laughs> <laughs> like just so... They, they have nothing... Rita and Ken have nothing to talk about outside of Rico. Nope.
0: Nobody has anything to talk about outside of Rico. Maybe I should get him a record or something.
3: No, this belt is great. I'd even borrow it. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know. Should I give it to him now or wait until the party? No, I think you should wait till the party. Well, don't tell him. There's going to be more than just a few friends there. Really? Do you want me to wrap it for you? Yeah, nothing too fancy.
2: Do you want it in a box <laughs> when she said, "Do you want a box uh, like he looked like he looked like his fucking skull was gonna burst out of his face like you no, like... I
4: will say it's funny. it's like they are people without any inner conversation. they have no sense of themselves apart from Rico, so they have nothing to say at the same time. Their scene in the kitchen did read to me though it did have you know that like box double entendre. His panic and awkwardness and her, like, awkwardness and not being at ease in her own sexuality, like, that was a scene that was honestly portraying what flirting in high school was like. Yeah that it, uh, I was actually very endeared to them in that scene. Like, I did find myself cheering for Rita and Ken in the same way you cheer for, like, Johnny Five. <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch these automatons who have been given a central function, which is please and remain loyal to Rico, and they need to sort of evolve beyond it.
0: So then they ride their motorcycle past... Uh, Some backdrop footage
1: John's Supermarket And a liquor store
0: Very Los Angeles Up to The Pantages Theater Oh and that's when She's feeding him Ice cream Yeah When they're riding The motorcycles
2: (laughs) Yeah I was gonna say That scene brought up A lot of questions About the The safety and efficacy Of Riding a motorcycle while being smashed with a in the face with an ice
4: cream cone. And she just is shoving it into his face. And he's not licking it. He's kind of like just, he's kind of, it, again, it's like an automaton that's been taught chewing. So he's just like, <laughs> sort mouth, of moving. food,
0: go out. Right, exactly. uh,
4: uh. He's just sort of moving his bottom jaw around as she sticks ice cream like on his face. And it's just all over his well, chin. this?
0: This just furthers the theory that this isn't reality. Guys,
1: none of this is reality. It's a movie.
4: (laughs) Jamie? (laughs) How she was feeding him the ice cream did bring me back, like, because, because it was just such basic, like, we're driving around town and we're falling in love silently without any sort of, like human connection or quality which is
1: again their whole relationship that's what it boils down to it's montage 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 we can't tell rico we can't tell rico we can't tell rico rico knows
2: how many times do you think the scene where one character's best friend is dating the other's sister and goes to tell him about it and the other guy is like well i have i have to say something first and and says you know something along the lines of like I think, I think my sister's seeing somebody and we got to figure out who it is and like beat him up. Kick his ass. What'd you have to say? Oh, nothing. Like, (laughs) nothing. (laughs) Yeah. It's a
1: tale as old as time. I wonder what
2: the first movie to do that was.
4: You think it was the Lumieres?
1: Uh, (laughs) Oh, you know what? We should look into this.
4: But when he drops her off, he says,
3: (laughs) I had a great time. Really? Yeah, I liked it mucho. (laughs) And
4: then because this is a Spanish 101 lesson, Rita says, mucho gusto. (laughs) (laughs) and then the audience can repeat mucho gusto (laughs) and then we've learned something just to remind us how freaking white ken is just to
1: remind us how weird i'm sorry to interrupt the the spanish used in this movie entirely (laughs) is spanish one from high school like there's literally a line where it's like Donde está es problema mijo, and you're like, what are these like?
4: Is this what happens when you get a couple like sixty year old Israeli guys to make a sexy salsa movie? (laughs) I don't know. What do they say? Mucho, mucho
0: money. I like it. We're gonna make mucho money from this movie, guys. Mucho money. (laughs) All right,
4: I'll let you guys do that part. (laughs) But she walks towards the house, and then she doubles back and gives Ken a kiss. Good night. And in that moment when she gives him a kiss, they are lit by headlights that drive by. That wasn't like a setting decision that was just running. That was a decision for that moment. It was the final thing that Rico saw was headlights coming towards him. Well, oh, oh my God. Yes, Josh. Okay, so, so... So in this moment where if if let's go on one of our threads that this is like the DMT in Rico's brain being released as he and his father are careening off a road in a car, he's seeing something lit by headlights in his final moments and his brain in its like death spiral panic is projecting his worst fear, which is his friend and sister having a life outside of him. Which is really Rico's worst fear is that any part of reality would have to do with something that isn't Rico. <laughs> and there isn't a lot of reality outside of Rico in this movie. And, and, and all of it that is is monotonous. <laughs> monotonous. Uh, it's either monotonous it either takes place in a girl's locker room, which is, I, is I'm sure, I'm sure Enrico's subconscious it, often. It
0: takes place in the 18-year-old's idea of a girl's locker lots room.
1: Lots of bras, lots of exposition via bras.
4: Exposition?
1: Exposition!
4: Right. Oh! Oh my god! Guys, the ring. The ring is... Uh, the link. is... Uh, the ring Zuh. is... Zuh. The ring's uh, is the linchpin of my entire theory. <laughs> I know there's been a few linchpins. As you
1: tell, we're, at, we're basically at that point. We
4: are, actually. But the ring is what, like, really made me think we cannot possibly be in reality. Because Vicky, Rico's on-again-off-again again, serious girlfriend when he's not uh, rubbing himself on minors, is... <laughs> uh, she comes up to him and says, I got you a gift for his birthday. His birthday is the next day. And she gives him a ring, which he... At first, he seems hesitant in that way that, at least for me, read like he's...
1: Oh, commitment! Yeah, ah, exactly. Ah.
4: He's like yeah. a guy character who's afraid of commitment. And then he immediately it does says... does have like
1: a
0: moment where you look at it and it is like in the flip-up case yeah.
4: right. that you would present someone with an engagement ring. Right, but then what happens <laughs> immediately is he says, actually, I got something for you, too. And he reaches behind him into just, I don't know, the ether and pulls out a box with rings in it for her, essentially the same exact gift identical and she tries to
0: put it on her yes yes yes
4: Yes! when I so that I was always like okay this is this scene's nuts then she tries to put it on her ring finger and it doesn't fit on her ring finger so he says no like this and he puts it on her thumb it doesn't fit on her ring finger but it fits on her thumb Oh, the widest finger <laughs>
0: of all the
2: fingers.
0: This cannot take place in reality. He <laughs> saw the
4: ring, manifested his own ring, right, which has the magical ability to assure it is not for commitment purposes. This is yeah. not the ring that signifies we're together forever. It can't magically can't fit on that finger, no. but it will fit on any <laughs> other finger. <laughs> it is incapable of creating commitment. Right. That's when I knew. This is a Rico, a universe built for Rico, whether built by a friend or a foe, we may never know. So, I feel like we have done a bit of a disservice in that we blew right by Lola.
1: Ooh. So does the movie. So does...
3: <laughs> Hi, Lola. Hi.
4: But, okay. And I know I'm mixing a lot of metaphors, but in this Matrix-type simulation that Rico is plugged oh, wow, into, okay. Lola might be the Agent Smith. Greg, you thought the boss was going to be a villain. He is the one voice at the beginning of this movie of, like, don't follow your dreams, get serious, and he totally disappears. Then there's Ken and Rita. They are only antagonistic to Rico insofar as they harm his ego by just existing, by not doing anything. And Luna, the the Queen of Salsa, she is using Rico, but she is always pretty straightforward about that and, isn't, and also just disappears when she is no longer a threat. <laughs> Lola is the one character who, like, she breaks a bit out of the simulation and, like, fucks his life up. Multiple
1: yeah. times. Multiple times.
4: That's a good point. She is the agent of chaos. So Lola is Rita's best friend. She, ex- I mean, I mean, also worst enemy. I don't know. It's a thin yeah. line in high school between best friend and worst enemy. She expresses in the first scene, second scene, and third scene that she would like to sleep with Rico, Rico. and then by the fourth scene, Rico is making a move on Lola, uh, very aggressively.
2: He he almost took off her uh, zipper swimsuit bra. Yeah,
1: <laughs> she zipped it. Like, one centimeter down, and oh, buddy. <laughs> oh, God.
2: guys, i uh, oh, oh, boy, you know what I mean?
4: Again, he tells Ken to, like, take care of his sister, like, keep my sister out of this. I'm gonna go fucking pork her friend. <laughs>
1: you got this. Cool. <laughs> you got this. Cool.
4: Because in but Ri- don't
1: sleep with my sister. It's right. fine. Just, in Rico's
4: uh, aware mind, Ken is like a safe friend, and in his subconscious mind that has a needle in the back of his medulla oblongata <laughs> and is feeding information into some like Eldritch machinery, he has banished his weak self away. Ken is up. Ken is weaker. Ken is weaker. <laughs> Ken, is weaker. <laughs> Ken is totally beta. And Rita is a reminder that, like, women are human beings. And he needs both of them to go away so he can sleep with Lola. That's
1: like opening up the curtain to reveal a mirror to give yourself a wink (laughs) when you're try humping a girl. A wink? He blows himself a a kiss! kiss. He blows himself a kiss.
2: He—that was the look of a man who is who, in his future life, is going to remove a rib so that he can <laughs> S his own yeah. do. You know, and
4: I—that scene, it was pretty hot. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty the like. When he so Rico takes
0: was Lola. that when
1: his jeans just like magically got unbuckled while he was dancing because totally. I was like damn
0: oh I missed that <laughs> the power I, of dance unbuckled
2: yeah. his jeans yeah I want I I want to just mention how much I love Rico's like hey Arnold room Yeah. Like, the, the garagement! Lof- yeah the like lofted bed. Fish tank and a great, a <laughs> great
4: view. Also, a flip a switch and fucking lights go on a disco ball. Oh, like I was like Rico, yes. you fucking legend, bro. That is a <laughs> that's a deal sealer. I don't care who
2: you are. <laughs> but I will say the movie was. Was a very hard PG.
3: Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: But oh, yeah. but it, it the the movie is over the shirt exclusive. Right. Yes. We're we're making fire, but we only feel a little heat. Yeah. There
1: is one when when Rita and Ken come home and you just see the door closing and it rack focuses to uh their mom praying in the other room. Like that's the first time you actually know sex is happening. But what I appreciate is besides Rico's you know toxic masculinity like basically calling his sister a whore for feeding into the same things he does uh, a lot of it is kind of just sex positive as well even though it's all over the shirt I loved when the mom was having the conversation with Rita where she's like like I'm not gonna ask you any questions because I trust you you just should have called and it's like damn this mom's great <laughs> she's a good mom. yeah
2: she's a she's a good mom except for at the party where <laughs> A, a drunk minor falls <laughs> into the the table of presents and they're just like, all right, nobody pay attention to any of that. Like, let's dance. Come on, let's keep playing. This
1: is the 80s in Los Angeles. Vietnam is over and 16-year-olds can drink, Greg. That's just what's
4: happening. <laughs> oh, a time to peel yeah. on. Uh, the, so, yeah, so Lola... More than any other character, she has been taken into this world of excitement and Rico danger, and when he refocuses back on his life with Vicky, she begins a, albeit short-lived, but effective campaign to ruin Rico's life. And I, I, I don't I, I've, I found myself cheering for her.
1: Exactly, agreed.
4: It's the only thing that is even remotely close to conflict. Yeah, so yeah. the birthday party happens. <laughs> Uh, All of East Los Angeles seems to have come out to celebrate the birth of their god king, Rico. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Again, I found myself wondering, like, why does everyone love this guy so much? And all I can think is it's some sort of, like... It's gotta be a pheromone thing. Like, it's gotta be just because he's rubbed himself on everything in the world. Like, his pheromone so surrounds all of East Los Angeles that, like, they can't help but be drawn to him.
1: The best is when Lola pushes her dancing partner out of the way, pushes Vicky out of the way, pulls Rico in and just blows up his spot making out with him, which (laughs) I thought was the best power move I've ever seen. (laughs) Low was bad.
4: Low was fucking bad, man. Then the cake comes because the simulation, whoever's running Rico's simulation, they can't have him question too much of reality. So for in one moment, there seems to be some conflict in his life. So the overlords, the overseers are like, give him a cake. Give him a cake. Distract him. Happy birthday. Throw a cake into
2: his face. I was just tickled by Lola pushing Vicky's buttons. And Vicky just hauling off and socking her right in the face, right into all of the presents. And, like, that was like a moment. They really choreographed that one punch super well. Yes. (laughs) With the quip. Vicky, what's wrong?
3: It's time you open your birthday presents.
2: (laughs) (laughs) One of the best. One
4: of the best in movie history. Like, it felt so apart from this movie because uh, Vicky really gets rolled over this entire movie. Oh, yeah. She is so. I mean, I think we're, we're maybe not beating around the bush, but this movie uh, doesn't seem to have the healthiest philosophy uh, about, like, women. No. <laughs> like, and, and, what? And, <laughs> what? Come
2: on! Which is funny for a movie ostensibly made for women. This is a movie about hot, writhing, sweaty men. In 1988, this was, like, Housewife Central.
4: Is it just the, like, paperback dime store novel effect? Is this not, this, is this not yes. like, they're trying to Fifty Shades of Grey? Like, look at this person who's <laughs> so hot and so unattainable and he'll treat you awful, don't you?
1: Because <laughs> if you make the women as, like, two-dimensional as possible, it makes it a lot easier for women to project onto them.
4: That's why Lola, to me, she is the Agent Smith. She's, like, the Iago of the story because she is the one who lifts the veil from the eyes of all the other people who are trapped in Rico's orbit. She's the one who like tells Rita like, Hey, the way Ken looks at you, it's not like a brother. She is the one who gets Vicky so impassioned that she would lash out, which she never stands up for herself ever again. She is the one who throws Rico's life into any sort of uncertainty. Like she is very much a like ghost in the machine of this uh, constructed world. And while she is eventually wiped out of the program by the overseers, whoever they may be, she does like the most damage. And then she, (laughs) actually, you know what? Her last scene is after she gets punched into the table of gifts, she takes, Rico like takes her upstairs to the bathroom because she's drunk. And then she rapes him? Yes. She's throwing herself on him. And then Ken, like, Rico is saying, stop, I don't want this, stop. And then Ken, like, looks into the bathroom, sees that happening. See his friend being his best friend, his familia, his reason for being. (laughs) His reason. Being sexually taken advantage of in a bathroom. Uh, But he wasn't listening,
1: he was only watching. Like, he took away from it that, like, Rico wanted this. That's why he lies to Rita to say that Lola's not in there.
4: But, yeah, Ken just shuts the door. Ken just shuts the door. He sees something, whether it's... Look, I I think it would be safe for Ken to assume that Rico was the one sexually abusing Lola. (laughs) But in that scene, we know that Lola's taking advantage of Rico, and Rico's saying, stop.
2: Lola... Out Rico's Rico. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> her, last
4: scene. her scenes are: she wants Rico. She like mixes up Rico's entire life. Sends Rita towards Ken. Disconnects Rico from Vicky. She does all this, and then, it, it, against his will, she takes sexual satisfaction from him. And then she's gone for the movie. Yeah. She is the quote-unquote villain or hero who like wins, who beats Rico. But because this world is created for Rico, she is then just taken out of the equation and the rest of the movie has nothing at all she's to do She's not even it. mentioned. She is gone. Yep. She is gone. She is erased from existence. Well, and She's
2: also replaced as best friend with Ken for Rita.
4: Because this isn't real. This is all for Rico.
2: Wait, wait. I will say we've we, we skipped over a crucial scene, yes. which, I, which we, we can't. The scene where... Rico goes to Vicky's house and they're talking about, yes. uh, about the competition and Rico is very sort of one-minded about the fact that they are going to win and they're going to Puerto Rico. And <laughs> Vicky's like, how do you know? And he goes, because my dead dad said it. <laughs>
1: And now he feels so close. He's hugging us. He's happy we're together again. We're going to clear that floor. We're going to Puerto Rico.
2: It's, it's just putting so much pressure on this already, uh, again, on again, off again relationship. And she's like, I am not a good dancer. She's basically like, <laughs> I suck. And I do not feel good about this. And he's just like, no, no it's cool. If we lose, then my dead dad was wrong is pretty much
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah but then she asks like does he tell you anything else? does he tell you about like our future? about our family?
3: well he says we'll have two well maybe no maybe we'll have five five kids they're all, they're all gonna dance <laughs> they're all gonna dance they're gonna go on tour make lots of money make a lot of people happy and then we're we'll retire in Puerto Rico <laughs> You
4: have a one track mind. Like, he's building his own Menudo. <laughs> he wants to. That is why you have to geld and trap their members when they get too sexy because they'll spawn their own Menudos. <laughs> the central Menudo will break apart.
0: Then he has his dream sequence of them dancing on the billboard outside of her apartment. The minute they
4: established the billboard with the beach behind, it was like, I I found myself thinking like, oh my God, please dance on that. Like this movie must, (laughs) must, must, must dance on that. Oh, and boy do they. He is lecherous in that he is going after everyone, but yet never in the movie seems to seal the deal. The scene with Vicky on her porch where she like obviously wants to bone him, but instead he stays outside and has like a dance fantasy (laughs) on the billboard. He literally tells Vicky to, like, go inside and make him something to eat, and then he, like, has this dance fantasy with her. At one point, being literally led around by his dick, she, like, just grabs yeah. his, his dick and pulls him oh, across sure. the billboard.
1: Yeah, I didn't miss that. Like a
4: divining rod! Like a, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, she, like, comes walking back out, and she goes, what are you doing up there? And he uh is totally dressed, because during this dance sequence his shirt was off because... This movie knows what the fuck it is. Uh, <laughs> and then they cut away. That scene could have easily been like she's going inside to make something to eat, and he like wistfully thinks about his father and his life, and he walks down to the billboard and he climbs out, and she comes up and is like, What are you doing? He's like, Come up here. And then they dance together. Right. But they chose to edit it so that the dance sequence looked like a fantasy, which. Maybe to service the story in that they didn't want to have a whole scene where Vicky's like, I'm a bad dancer, then show her dance. Really well. Yeah. Or, I, I don't know, why, like why make that scene a fantasy and not
2: real?
1: Rico only cares about Rico. So even though he's being told consistently, like, hey, I won't help you go over the finish line for this thing... He's not listening to her. He's only seeing what could be, and he's imagining this perfect future for the both of them. It
4: sort of supports his, like, solipsistic universe that he's trapped in, which is, like, if that scene was edited in such a way where they together dance, it would be the Vicky character having, like, a place in this world. (laughs) It would be, it would, like... As opposed to his
0: vision of Vicky. Right. It would show
4: that she still has some sort of, like onus over her own self instead of it being completely manufactured inside of his subconscious.
2: To be fair, the movie is pretty consistent, though, about the music and the dancing being diegetic.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's never not, really, it, except for in where it sets it up as a fantasy, which is this.
0: It otherwise is completely diegetic. Yeah. Every time. Every time there's and always this movie a fan. wall-to-wall music. I don't know if there's a second of... Non-music in this movie The thing
1: is All music in this Plays as source But it sounds like Score Is the thing So There's never any Treatment on it Like So when they're dancing In in the first scene In the mechanics office Like Uh I honestly thought it was a fantasy sequence until they turn off the radio. There's no right. treatment on anything that makes you think like, yeah, this is playing naturally in a world like it's supposed to be.
2: Well, they're, they're trying to sell that OST, baby, if it's a soundtrack. Yep. It's because this isn't a natural world.
4: This is a world where the lines between reality and fantasy are completely blurred. There is no, there is no natural world
2: here. That is called a dance movie. <laughs>
4: Okay, alright. <laughs> yeah. Extending the theory, all musicals and dance movies are...
1: Are the Matrix.
4: Are the Matrix. <laughs> uh, this movie is very sparse in its use of close-ups. It is almost like never...
1: Which is how you should do a dance movie, honestly. R- right, like, totally. They, they did it right.
4: <laughs> almost never punch-ins to like, sell any action. It, like Ever. And there are rare, rare, rare <laughs> singles of people... And every time there is, because my brain is like soaking in this Rico's actually dead theory, they look just like ghosts. Like they looked at, like it seemed we were suddenly had to stare another person in the face and they looked <laughs> terrible because that's how Rico views them. <laughs> <laughs> the one exception is the... Clo- during the like montages of Rita and Ken falling in love, their close ups, they look very good. That's because they are aspects of Rico's psyche, so they are also beautiful. Yet, I will watch, like, MOS 80s faces (laughs) laughing bemusedly for, like... I'd watch a (laughs) whole movie of that. It's
2: like a Mentos commercial.
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, speaking of Ken and Rico, this is... We're coming up on... Uh, the confrontation—the only other confrontation in the movie besides Lola when Ken shows up at Rico slash Rita's house uh, and they're like, all right, Rita's worried that they're going to get caught and he's like, no, don't worry, Rico's at the club he finds Ken and Rita kissing in the driveway Rico,
3: we weren't doing anything Just shut up and get in the house It's not her fault, Rico Don't touch my sister I love her, man You love her ass! That's not it, bro.
1: Don't call me, bro, man. It's been you all this time, huh?
3: You dumb Puerto Rican. You just don't get it
1: the first play is to throw a racial slur at your best friend instead of, like, talking it out. (laughs) Because I found that maybe not the best opening move for Ken. In West Side Story, you didn't have Tony walking up to Bernardo being like, you stupid Puerto Rican, you just don't get it. (laughs) No,
4: in West Side Story, they
2: sing that. They do. (laughs) (laughs) They they slam home. They say Puerto Rico or Puerto Rican. no less than 40 times like if you were, if you made a drinking game you would die
4: i think yeah. this movie is the reason why puerto rico is not yet a state like no one, <laughs> this, this movie is a blight on puerto rico's history
1: also what this movie may, like has in dance choreography it lacks in fight choreography <laughs>
0: Kung Fu Rascals. This is not. No, this
1: is. There was some. There was some awkward long shots of just guys kind of like being on top of each other and Rita yelling, "You kill him! You kill him!" <laughs> yeah, so
2: quickly he gets hit once, and and what? she immediately jumps to, "You'll kill him!" And I was like, "Are we there yet?" Like, uh, I think it takes a few more hits usually. Yeah.
4: This is a question of like what makes good fight choreography. And to no, the fighting wasn't impressive, but like that fight rang truer to every like suburban douchebag fight I've yeah. ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. I agree. Uh, uh, a, a racial slur is thrown out at the beginning uh, to open the proceedings. <laughs> Act one. There's a lot of rolling around in the dirt without a lot of hits being thrown, yeah. landed, anything. And then there's someone shrieking. Like that was a very honest fight to me. And then Rico presumably takes ken's
0: necklace of indeterminate importance that we have never seen before (laughs) he rips this necklace off of him and then like shoes him away and you're not part of the familia anymore
2: it is then followed up an indeterminate amount of time later with a conversation mainly consisting of the word bro and man (laughs) oh um
4: yeah, you reminded me of something. I'm so sorry guys. I actually Do you guys mind if I do a little I have to like record a self tape for an audition right now? Oh Can I do you guys mind if I do that?
1: I don't know if this is a bit. Yeah I, <laughs>
4: <laughs> I, I mean okay. if you gotta do it
1: Yeah, sorry.
4: <laughs> yeah, okay. So uh I'll just give myself a slate. Um uh Casey Regan, six one, brown hair, brown eyes. Uh I'm gonna be performing a monologue from Monologues for actors without charisma? (laughs) You remember when we got these? We were just kids. Summer vacation. We wanted to be blood brothers, but I was afraid of blood. So I bought us the St. Christopher medals instead. Who would ever think that after all these years we'd still be wearing them? You know? Even when you ripped this off my neck. You didn't rip it out of me, bro! <laughs> I know you don't think of me like that anymore. But you're my bro. You're the only family I've ever had. I know I hurt you, man, and I'm sorry. Just know... I'd do anything for the Familia. Just know... I love you, man. Thank you, thank you very much.
2: Can you try that again? Uh, Can you emphasize bro a little heavier?
4: (laughs) Would that have been funnier if I did it in a British accent?
0: So just before that scene is when Rita gets bumped by another car,
2: very gently.
1: car crash in the
0: world. It ends up in the freaking hospital. <laughs>
2: She's very lucky. They hit going a hot 25 miles an hour. <laughs> And then
4: Ken goes to the hospital to see Rita and he wore his biggest jacket.
2: Like he's wearing a suit that looks like he was like a person who got tummy tuck surgery. And this is afterwards, <laughs> but he's still wearing his clothes from before. His his clothes are like that throughout the movie. At the uh... Was he auditioning for Stop Making Sense at this point?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but first the doctor says, are you Ken? She keeps asking for Ken, to which makes Rico storm off. And then when Ken goes into the hospital, Rita goes, where's Rico? And it's like, well, you weren't asking for Rico. You were asking for Ken. And then she follows
2: it up with, he's going to go do something crazy. I know my brother. He's going to do something crazy. We have to find him. His crazy thing is to go to Vicky's place and sit outside of her apartment until she comes home. Yep. Crazy, Crazy, man. Crazy. Well, it is crazy for Rico.
4: It's very out of character for him to
3: (laughs) to go anywhere else.
4: Yeah, for him to, like, give a shit about another person. Because, yes, Rita is in a very seemingly inconsequential car accident. But remember, Rico's brain is currently experiencing a deadly car accident. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Oh, it all clicks. So it needs to threaten these aspects of his better nature, so you can go like, "Oh right, uh, this uh, it's all tenuous." And then he grows, and then uh, lo- loses again when he goes on a salsa bender, straight <laughs> up salsa bender.
1: Mm, salsa bender.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Is there ever a line? Like, I'm I don't remember a line or any sort of nod to I'm. You know, I'm glad my sister's with a good person.
0: Or, no, no, it's just God, the no. Ken. Rep- begging him for forgiveness with
4: his necklace. (laughs) And then that's the end of it. He does say he'll replace the chain.
2: Yeah. And and he's going to get a stronger chain. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, damn. Deep.
4: We've, throughout this story that we've been talking about, is the aspirations of Luna and her husband, Orlando who are Rico's idea of success. Mm. And adults and
0: adults. (laughs) He did
1: say he was going to be the king of salsa and she is the queen of salsa, Uh so... that kid's fantastic. I love the way he handles her on the floor.
3: He makes her look good. She doesn't have any talent. She reminds me of a horse. What are you saying? That he would make a hell of a partner for a woman who really knows what she's doing.
4: So what are you telling me? Are you saying that you want to dance again? Or that you want to go to Puerto Rico? Or... That you want to sleep with this kid?
3: That's what I love about you, darling. You fill my head with so many wonderful
4: ideas. <laughs> Rico is a, like, wholly selfish character who acts out of passion. Everyone else is just NPCs in his world. And then there are these two schemers. Luna knows that if she dances with Rico in this uh, <laughs> dance competition... That she's that they running. Will
1: yeah, that it's she's the the club she owns. Yeah, yeah, she owns that right. club.
4: That she and Rico she, with the help of Rico, will clear the floor.
2: My favorite part of the whole movie is uh Luna's husband Orlando, who looks like Crispin Glover cosplaying Vince Vega.
1: <laughs> Correct. <laughs> uh,
2: and and he's just like, he's only there he he's honestly like um Kind of like this weird Virgil character, if we're gonna go with this Dante metaphor where I like he's this. the whole time, just like, so what are you gonna do are you gonna are you gonna let this like little bitch get in the way? Orlando's
4: like whispering in Vicky's ear, like, I love her. I love my wife so much that I don't stand in her way. Why are you standing in his way if you love it like like such a master oh, manipulator so good. I know. It's, it was awesome. I have a question for the group. Yes. What exactly were the rules of this salsa competition? Oh, God! The goal of the salsa competition that we get throughout the whole movie is that he needs to clear the floor. Yeah. There's no... It's not like the. it's an eight-hour dance competition. You have to dance for the full eight. It's not like there will be judges who will give scores to couples just clear the floor it is just dance so well that everyone pays attention to you which is what rico does in every scene anyway
1: right he's not actually great at like ballroom quality salsa he's really just really energetic and
0: he passionate. definitely lost that competition Yeah, yeah right? he
1: definitely lost the competition because they're like we have it we have it we have it and he's like Joke's on you, bitch. I gotta be free. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this
4: movie, like, seems to posit that a major part of salsa dancing competitively is just, like, spazzing out every once in a while.
2: (laughs) Whoa, is it not?
4: Uh, Clearly, you've
0: never seen... Salsa,
1: salsa, (laughs) and and again, there's no stakes because like it's not even like he needs to go to Puerto. It's just like here's an all inclusive trip to Puerto Rico, and he's like that'd be cool
4: with no details (laughs) behind it, no no strings attached. It's just and no. Could she just uh, afford a trip herself? Like
1: right. It's not about the trip. It's about her being the queen of salsa once more.
4: Right, because ostensibly she's the one like financing this trip to Puerto Rico. Right.
2: Yeah. I thought the last dance sequence was excellent. Oh. I thought the, the shot where the camera is spinning around Rico and Luna as they themselves spun around for like a solid uninterrupted minute was genius. This is
0: really when Kenny Ortega like earns his paycheck and you see... Like, the pedigree of this man.
4: That was rad. And the dancing in this movie was, like, fun. It never felt... um, I never found myself, like, checking my
2: phone or rolling
4: my eyes during the no. sequence.
2: They were riveting. I felt like this movie had such, such a vibrance and energy where, like... Of course, the script and the plot elements feel very shoehorned. It's like a Busby Berkeley musical where they're like, we got the songs. Like, let's write something around it. Okay, kid, let's go. Uh, But despite that, it, it still had so much fun. And maybe my favorite shot in the whole movie is the moment where Rico is maybe the most emasculated. Where they're dancing, and he's sort of on the ground, and the fringe from her dress is slow motion slapping him in the face. Yes. Oh, wow! Yes, 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 like yes, yes, death yes. of a thousand cuts.
0: Oh, and that's when he breaks. That's when he's like, I gotta be me. Yeah, I
4: gotta be me. And so Rico, determined to learn zero lessons in this movie, doesn't even <laughs> learn salsa dancing is about dancing with a partner. He drops it's- to
1: one knee, which she said earlier, "I hate when you drop to one knee. That's not salsa. That's showboating." This whole time, he's been like being the good salsa partner and letting letting her shine and being a giving lover, basically. And then just when she thinks we've got this, we're gonna clear the floor. He drops to one knee, and that's where the dramatic push-ins come in, because she's like, oh no, we I get, can't tame him. <laughs> and then we
0: get, yeah, we get those dramatic push-ins, which is the first time, and some more serious epilepsy editing.
4: At the end, the end of this movie, Rico really learns, like, I feel like Rico's takeaway is why dance with Red Fuck one person? When you can fuck an entire crowd of people. When you can fuck all of East L.A. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
0: yeah, because this is his improvising and then he does clear the floor and then Vicky from across the room gives him a thumbs up with the
4: ring. When Vicky comes back to win Rico at the end, she shows up in her best bra and bath mat.
0: (laughs) And that's when he's, yeah, fuck it's dancing the entire crowd. So
1: did he win or did he not win? Uncertain.
0: Is there winning? Is this? Is there is no winning. This is Dante. There is no is winning. the
4: salvation of Puerto Rico a dream, a, an opiate, uh, something we tell ourselves so that we can <laughs> fall asleep at night? You might as well be screaming to the heavens like, why? God, have you made me
2: this way? <laughs> Who is testing me? I think Puerto Rico's been inside Rico the whole time.
1: <laughs> oh. He is Mr. Puerto Rico.
2: Puerto Rico was Rico. the people we fucked along the way. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, <it was laughs> yeah, Puerto Rico. <laughs> Puerto Rico is the people you dry hump along the way. Absolutely. The ripoff report card. Mucho money! <laughs>
2: The Salsa the Motion Picture ripoff report card is brought to you by Canon Films' newest podcast, Cinema Middle School, where four moderately funny friends talk about some movies every few weeks. Director Boaz Davidson has a name you can't forget and a filmography that reads like a list of extermination services. Spiders, rats, and raging sharks are both personal (laughs) fears of mine and some of the titles of Mr. Davidson's films. This shouldn't be surprising from a man whose name sounds like a bunch of snakes stacked atop each other in a trench coat trying to pass as human. (laughs) Not one to to let a a good idea be unrung. He also produced Den of Lions and Larva. So whatever makes you squirm at night, there's a movie that exploits it. What if hybrid people slimy things creep you out? Well, he's also made Shark Man, Snake Man, and Man Skeeto. He also produced the Nicolas Cage Wicker Man, Oh, ho, ho. and something called When Nietzsche Wept. As director, he gave us the RoboCop-inspired American Cyborg Steel Warrior and a movie that I now need to own called Lunar Cop. <laughs> so, Boaz, <laughs> you're an inspiration to us all. A plus work. <laughs> oh, my
0: God, Lunar Cop.
2: Uh, while we can't accurately grade the cannonheads Menahem Golan and Yoram Globus... As their output is often the comparison for how we'd grade others. But any discussion of a canon movie can't be finished without a little chit chat about these monoliths. To stay on topic, they produced one of the first modern dance craze flicks, Breakin', which could possibly be thought of as sort of a Saturday Night Fever ripoff, but either way, it led the groundwork for Canon to rip off their own work for the next decade. They, of course, made the promised Breakin' to Electric Boogaloo but also offered up the similarly apostrophied rap and after <laughs> salsa, the next logical Latin dance craze, Lombada. In 1988 alone, they released 19 movies that ranged from the classic Bloodsport to the not-so-classic Albert Pune's Journey to the Center of the Earth. Life would honestly be much worse without Canon. So we'll just leave it at that.
4: We have to do, uh, I mean, there's got to be a lot more Golden Globus Oh, we could, we could do a running, our... a runner of Golden Globus. Yeah.
2: Uh, I will say a quick aside about Miranda Garrison, who played the Wicked Luna, who's mostly known as a choreographer with usually like bit parts in other movies. Um, but after doing Salsa, she worked on The Forbidden Dance, which is the other Lombada movie not produced by canon. Ouch, Miranda. <laughs> oh, oh, Way to stab us right in the back. <laughs> Very few other people in the movie made a lot. Uh, th- mm-hmm. a Except
1: lo- for Kenny Ortega. Yeah, and right. And he gets an A+. plus. Well, he's just, he's <laughs> not
2: a rip-off. The, the, the thing with, like, uh, you can't roast Kenny Ortega. He's, he's unimpeachable. And he also didn't really yeah. make... A lot of rip-offs he he was more of a trailblazer like he's an auteur. yeah exactly it's funny how this movie is almost like a step down based on his lineage like where he was like he he was he his star was rising he did xanadu he did pretty and pink he did Ferris Bueller's day off he did dirty dancing and then he did salsa the Canon guys must have been like Okay, how much will it take? And he threw out like a huge number, and they're like, "All right, back up the dump truck full of money onto his vlog." And he was like, "All right, I guess I'm doing salsa of the motion picture, whatever."
4: He has brought us oh. into so many child locker rooms. Over
2: yes,
3: yeah.
1: yes.
4: Ding, 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 As always, class, do we feel ready to talk about our final thoughts? What, from Salsa, might find its way onto that final test? Uh, I think
0: what we really learned was uh, you can dance your cares away. The 80s were wonderfully insane. Uh, And uh, Kenny Ortega is a national treasure that should be cherished by all of us
1: dance movies as a whole and as a genre have such thin stakes usually already like it's usually about self-expression it's usually about using the power of dance to like unite people fall in love uh rise yourself above your social standing and like it's always a stretch um no more so than in this movie (laughs) which is just again the thinnest of stakes um But I was alone for the entire ride because with some good choreography and some mediocre to great music, like, I'll follow any boring person's hero's journey.
2: (laughs) My takeaway is the world is your dance floor if you believe in yourself and have great hair. (laughs)
3: Uh,
2: And I learned to fly
3: TWA.
2: (laughs) (sighs) Anybody else really want a Pepsi?
4: (laughs) I've been sitting here thinking, you know, I've been alternating between a few. Like I see a lot of uh, the seven seal in this movie. <laughs> uh, I, def- I see a lot of eight and a half in this movie, but what would pair best with Salsa, the motion picture?
2: Chips. Uh, damn it, damn it, I was going <laughs> for it too. This is why I very you. Uh. That was such an alley-oop and I missed it.
1: But thank you so much for listening to Video High and this week's episode, Salsa. Thank you so much to Mr. Philip Marlowe, our teacher. Seth Applebaum of Ghost Funk Orchestra and Gabriella Tezzatore of Scout Harris for the theme music. Thanks to Justin Ferraro of the Rizzo's for bed music and sound mixing. Thanks to Ann Shearer for our logo. And the entire Video High crew, Greg Hansen, Josh Roth, Casey Regan, and me, Jamie Kennedy. Next episode's movie will be Droid Gunner slash Cyberzone. That's not the entire title. Either. It's just known by two different titles if you look it up. Be sure to listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next period. Da, 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 it's not da, da, the conga. Don't sue us. It's not the conga. <laughs>
3: <laughs> up, up, up in, in your, your, ears. your ears. Podcast network.